Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Okay, we're all in take five. Hook them up with E and Rod P. Brought to you by Bud Light on the Horn. Coming up, bottom of the hour, Rod takes us behind the burnt orange curtain. Some deep dive thoughts on the Longhorns in their bye week. How to improve the uh, really unexplainably bad red zone performance so far for an offense this good and this loaded to be this poor inside the 15 it's, or 10-yard line. It really is. Puzzling. I, it is. I can't even, as a football theorist, come up with logical, rational reasons as to why a team this talented with multiple NFL players who will be drafted on offense in the upcoming draft, Xavier Worthy, JT Sanders, and A.D. Mitchell, probably in the first two to three rounds, easy. Well, it's Can't the, find a way to score in the red zone. They're 122nd in touchdown percentage in the red zone. Crazy. Yeah, they've yeah. been into the red zone, as it's defined, 24 times. They've scored touchdowns on 11. They've actually scored more touchdowns outside of the red zone. Yeah, the <laughs> they've scored in the red yeah, zone. Yeah, they do hit a lot of deep ones right either in the run game or in the it's pass game. It's like what? Yeah, so, they got to get that fixed. And they got Jonathan. By the way, we just praised Jonathan Brooks, one of the best running backs in the country right now. He's second in the country in rushing yards, and they'd also add that to the mix too. And one of the biggest O lines in the country, biggest O line in the Big Twelve. Add all that to the mix, and you still have. In ineptitude in the red zone. And a kicker who's twelve of seventeen on his kick. So if you you know, you can't always rely on the field goal either. So those are the the, the, the pressing matters. Yeah. Tackling and those two things into the off season, into this off week to get better with six games to go and still in control of you know, still having a great season. It's still out there for Texas despite the loss. Still in the top ten, highest ranked one loss team right now. So that'll be coming up bottom of the hour. Also we're gonna hear from Jerry Jones coming up talking about his quarterback, Dak Prescott. It's not what the Cowboys fans want to hear right now, but it's really what he probably needed to say at this point in the middle of their season. Uh and I'd also say uh prayers again to Mary Lou Retton. You know, I was thinking about this, Rod, when this story broke yesterday. Mary Lou Retton's daughter, he she has four daughters. And one of them went to uh, social media to announce and tell the world that her mother is near death. I mean, she's battling for her life right now. Yeah, it's sad. Uh, 55 years old, a rare form of pneumonia has gotten to her. She's on a ventilator, can't breathe on her own. Now, it's not all is lost. Let's hope that she can pull through this. Uh, but the, the daughter also, McKenna, revealed that she's without, without medical insurance. And she, mm. so they started a GoFundMe account or whatever that's called. These days, but uh, very, very sad. And I was thinking about it because this, I'm, I'm 50 years old. She's 55. Yeah, man. Right. When I was 12 um, in the Olympics of the of 1984, and uh, you were a little younger than me, so I don't know where your memory of that Olympics is. No, I mean, I've, seen, I've seen highlights and stuff like it, that, it but I, can't, I didn't live it. On my sports life, it was hugely impactful because yeah. I was living in Houston. Uh, and Mary Lou Retton lived in Houston. She mm-hmm. trained with the Corollis. Yeah. I mean, so she was a big story on the local news. That's where in all the gymnastics, yes. phenoms, and prodigies yes. moved to to train. Yeah. Well, she and she had seen 
um, Nadia Comaneci mm-hmm. win the gold medal in 1976 when she was a kid. And she dedicated her life to try to go win a gold medal. And but so if you if you grew up in Houston, you knew about that story more than really anywhere else because the new local news channels yeah. would do stories on her. They get interviews she, with yes with coaches and stuff like that. So when you when she went to the I mean a lot of people came to know Mary Lou Retton when she got to Los Angeles and won. If you followed gymnastics, you knew her because she was a U.S. champion. But a, but a United no 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 female from the United States had ever won the the Olympic all around in mm-hmm. gymnastics. And she did. She did it on a bum knee, and it was just an unbelievable story. And being from Houston, it was it was really rod. The first time I had, as a twelve year old, had really seen a female do something hugely impactful in sports. I mean, I, I was too young yeah, for, yeah, exactly. for Billie Jean King. I'm with you. That's a good point. Uh, it was real. Yeah, you know, as a hormonal twelve year old, I kind of had a crush on Mary <laughs> Lou Retton. I was like, man, she's pretty. And then she's on Wheaties boxes, and um, man, it was. I mean, she was a phenomenon. She started doing TV shows, and yeah. uh, the Bella Caroli, Marta Caroli family that that became legendary. Same Olympics too. Rod was Carl Lewis, and Carl yeah. Lewis trained mm-hmm. in Houston. Yeah, he did. So U of yeah, H, baby. Yeah. So if you knew mm-hmm. him, he was down at that that uh, running club there. They trained at the U of H. Uh, so he was huge in Houston. It was just a really big deal. So to hear this this morning, I'm really it's saddened sad. by that and yeah. hope the best for her. And, you know, she came to Texas, Rod. She went to UT uh, after the Olympics, and she got married to uh, a Texas quarterback, uh, a guy mm. who played quarterback at Texas named um, uh, Shannon Kelly. Shannon Kelly, he's gone on to be a developer down in Houston and now still working in the Houston Baptist Athletic Department. They have four daughters. They're no longer married. They divorced in 2018. But... Um, Hope the best for them. And that's yeah, a really that's sad story. That is a sad story. But I just remember that being such a big oh, she deal was huge. She in was my a childhood. Yeah. Uh, and it was a you in Houston, Rod. You know that it it was a huge story. She was like, um, she and Carl Lewis were, mm-hmm. were you know in in charge of the city more than more than the Astros. Oh yeah, that Rangers. Houston city back then. Yeah, man. Yeah, they were uh, Olympic. I mean, they were Olympic stars. So they were <laughs> yeah international uh, stars and brands. Well, we see it here when someone at UT does something huge, right on a on a huge stage, and they yeah. went to Texas, and maybe the rest of the country doesn't know it as well. But you know, here, you're like Jordan Spieth has a bigger following here than really anywhere else because they saw him in college. Mm-hmm. That was how I was when I was growing up. But Dan, I just remember it was being the the real first impactful female that I can remember. And she's relatively, I mean, young. Oh, she was. I mean, talking about right now. She's like, fifty-five. Of, yeah. yeah, it's just not. Yeah, it's not. It's not well, that, that old. was the other thing when when I was twelve. She was seventeen, like she was just a kid too. Uh, so it was like, wow, that that's pretty amazing that someone that young can can shine like that on that big of a stage and outdo the rest of the world. Yeah, but, it's um, sad. Man. And the and the Olympics were in our country there in the, in, the, in Los Angeles and the mm. Coliseum and all that. So, uh, all right. So that is happening. Prayers for her and her family for sure. Rod will get us behind the burn orange curtain. We'll take your thoughts on yes, the sir. stories of the morning. Several people mentioned um, the coaches on the hot seat. Somebody said Matt Eberflus in Chicago, Brandon oh. Staley of the Chargers. Staley of the Chargers might be an interesting one, too, if they underachieve this year. Uh, I agree with that because uh, they had a lot of talent. This is a year for him to break through, and he's a defensive guy. And it's the defense, even though they spend top—I think they're like top eight money on defense—and yet their defense is not one of the better defenses in the NFL. It's actually a liability. And Kellen Moore, remember, a lot of people thought Kellen Moore was 
uh, on he was going to be a fast riser, end up as a head coach one day. And he kind of I don't know where he I don't know where he hit like a stalemate for some reason because he was a fast riser. He probably stayed in the Cowboys organization a little too long, um, but he may end up you know the next in line for that job if Brandon Staley's out ousted. Yeah, and we know this. I mean, no matter what happens with the Cowboys, Dan Quinn will be in demand when this season is over, too. There's also the Ben Johnson, the kid in Detroit, the young offensive coordinator. Those will be the in-demand coaches. And you wonder if any of these college coaches that are you know, well, doing their thing will well, be. They can get Lincoln Riley, everybody will take him. And Lincoln Riley, Caleb Williams package. Yes. It's all Lincoln Riley's quarterback package, basically like whatever quarterback's going to be drafted, number one, whether it was Baker or whether it was Kyler. Um, I don't know if that happened with Jalen Hurst. There wasn't as much talk because he didn't go that high. But when you got Caleb Williams, who's going to be considered you know number one overall pick, um, there's always talk that can a team get a Lincoln Riley and the you know quarterback package all in one, fire their coach, but also get a new head coach and the quarterback and the system that he runs well, and bring be, it all to the NFL. It's a very good point. And uh, I still don't know if Lincoln Riley would be a good head coach in the NFL. Would it be Cliff Kingsbury 2.0 because he doesn't coach defense? Now, in the uh, NFL, you can actually hire a defensive coordinator. But I, I've come to the conclusion, Rod, and we've talked about it, that Rod, he just doesn't – He doesn't prioritize. He, he doesn't, doesn't care. He's not physical enough in practice. He doesn't care enough. He doesn't. It, it, yeah, and to me, that's where the physicality comes from. Sark talks yeah. about going. I mean, George is the toughest team in the country, and the, the 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 practices, the physicality of their practices are legendary. That you know, you can't you hear NFL scouts saying, I mean, you can't believe when you go to a Georgia practice. I mean, Tuesday, Wednesday, mano a mano, ones Smacking on ones, smacking the pads. Yes, like, what's that sound? Yeah, I mean, it's like They're wow. Hitting. And obviously at USC, that's and at Oklahoma before it, that's just not the case. And they, they, see the video that's come out of them squirting water on the punt returners as they catch the football. Uh-huh. Like that's what USC's the coaches are doing, trying to distract him. Which I mean, that's it's probably a coaching technique, but it goes to your point. People are mocking it as this is what they do at practice. <laughs> Water's not going to tackle you in the game. Well, and that's um, look. I think there's enough body of evidence to say that there is something with that. Because mm-hmm. I remember when Mike Leach was at Texas Tech, and he was all offense, no defense. But at Texas Tech, you, it was hard to recruit. You almost had to become gimmicky at some level to be able to compete with the talent you can bring into Lubbock, Texas, right? USC, it shouldn't be about talent, Rod. It you should, should be, be prepping able, yeah. the talent. You got. It should have plenty of guys. Well, and well, he's been in two blue bloods like right. that. He's been exactly. in Oklahoma. That's the case. Hell, Oklahoma, Brent Venables already got a damn good defense. Took him what two years to basically. But I think it's a priority thing. We know Lincoln Rice is a hell of a coach. There's no question. He's a hell of a coach, and he knows football. And him not him being this inept on defense. Just means he doesn't care about it as much. Sorry, Lincoln. That's that's how I view it. Unless you want me to view you as a coach that can only whose football genius only applies to offense and on defense, you just have no clue at all. Well, I refuse to believe that because you have to diagnose a defense <laughs> as an offensive mind. So yes. you have to know how the the structure and what works on a defense and the rules to violate them as an offensive mind. Yeah, that's well said. Yeah. And that's how you wonder how this because um, the, the real fascinating thing moving forward in the college football season is obviously can Texas find their way back into the Big 12 title game to meet Oklahoma in a rematch mm-hmm. of that classic from Saturday. And then how is the Pac-12 going to shake itself out, and how is the Big 10 going to shake itself out when you've got you know three or four teams? In the Big 10, you have three teams in the top seven in the country, top six in the country, with Michigan, Ohio State, and Penn State. They're all going to play each yeah, other head-to-head. Head. And then you know Oregon, um, Washington. Washington, and USC uh, in the Pac-12. Yeah. And you know of those teams right now, Rod, Oregon's got the most complete team because they're number seven in total, de- six in total defense right now. 
yeah, in the country. They're well rounded. They're they're in, whereas mm-hmm. Washington is really good offensively, but they're in the sixties or seventies in defense. USC we know is all offense, no defense. Oregon is sixth in total defense with Dan Mullen, who came from Georgia to coach that team when Mario Cristobal left. So they're probably the one to watch out there with Bo Nix because uh, they're the most complete side. Hey, let's get to quick headlines, and then we will uh, talk more college football, pro football, and uh, into Rod's uh, behind the burn orange curtain at the bottom of the hour. First, the news. Top Gun, Reynolds and Lonequin will bring it to you. And, yeah, we are now one Astros win away from an all-Texas, all-Lone Star American League Championship Series after last night and yesterday's action. Texas Rangers completed a dominating three-game sweep of the Orioles in the AL Divisional Series last night in Arlington. 7-1 to the final. Home runs for Corey Seager, El Bombe, and Nathaniel Lowe. Um, Alderback Nathan Nivaldi, he allowed just a single run, struck out seven over seven clutch frames. Rangers now 5-0 and in the postseason. They've outscored the Rays and the Orioles 33-12, to headed to the ALCS for the first time since 2011 and the first for their first-year manager, Bruce Bochy. Uh, it's, it's unreal. This is why I came back for hoping something like this would happen. I know how blessed I am to be in this situation. And these guys have been warriors, road warriors. I mean, we've been through a lot. And to be right now, I mean, there's work to be done still. Well, I mean, what, what, what kind of baseball they've been playing has just been awesome. Absolutely. They will uh, open Sunday. Will they play the Astros? Astros now need one win away, uh, one win to get there for the seventh consecutive time in the Final Four of Major League Baseball. Uh, they rolled past the Twins yesterday 9-1. to um, Defending World Champs can close it out tonight. Jose Urquidy facing Joe Ryan in that one. Also tonight, both the National League Series can resume. Uh, this afternoon, about 4.07, Phillies welcome the Braves into what should be a crazy environment in Philadelphia for Game 3 of that series, not at a game each. In Phoenix tonight, Diamondbacks will look to finish off a sweep of the Dodgers. They took the first two games in L.A. NFL, Cowboys got demolished by the Niners in primetime last Sunday night. Now they're kind of reeling and must turn their attention quickly to another primetime matchup this Monday night when they face the L.A. Chargers in L.A. On his weekly radio visit yesterday on 105.3 The Fan in Dallas, Cowboys owner Jerry Jones made it clear that Dak Prescott is the quarterback and believes is the quarterback to get them to the Super Bowl. Uh, Dak Prescott is a quarterback that can get us to the Super Bowl. That, that's the way that's going to be. There you go. Chargers, meanwhile, coming off their bye week. does appear they'll be getting the all-pro running back Austin Eckler back in their lineup. Uh, he's been out since week one when he hurt his ankle in a loss to the, to the Dolphins. Trading the NFL, Rams have agreed to trade wide receiver Van Jefferson to the Falcons in a draft pick swap. Horn headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. Halloween here is scarier than an OU cheerleader without makeup. But nothing scarier than missing out on employee pricing on all our zero-turn mowers this month. Top Gun. Topgun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Right, right. By the way, I said Dan Mullen. It's Dan Dan, Lanning. Dan Lanning. Yeah, Dan Mullen wishes. Hey, can I mention in that (laughs) that round robin of the Big Ten, Michigan has the number, or Penn State has the number one defense in the country right now, if you're paying attention to what's happening in the Big Ten. Really? 3.79 3.79 yards per play allowed. They only allow 210 yards per game. That's pretty stout. I like um, that. Michigan is number three on that list. Mm. Oregon is number six. So Ohio State's number eight, by the way. It probably would go to the level of schedule that they've played, all three of those, but the, that's going to be some head-knocking football when Michigan, Penn State, and Ohio State square off here in the coming weeks. Uh, same thing out in the out in the West Coast, yeah. including this week with Oregon and Washington. Yeah, that's where it starts. I mean, that's the first of like four, three, four matchups uh, in the Pac-12 that uh, really, like I said, they're going to cannibalize each other. It's good. That's good news for Texas. I mean, Texas' path is pretty clear. You just got to well, take care of Well, I hope we don't become prisoners of the moment and realize, as we're talking now, if one of those teams out of the Pac-12 is just a one-loss team, oh, they're in. They have to be in, right? Yeah, they're in, of course. Yeah, because they'll have so many quality wins. Yeah. 
Um, yeah, the, the one loss. But also, you know, you become if you have two losses, it pretty much kind of puts you then on the outs. Then you're pretty much on the outskirts, pretty much, because there'll be too many. Because between the Big Ten, between the SEC, and now with Texas and Oklahoma, you know, there's only one more spot left. Because the Big Ten's going to get a spot. SEC's getting a spot. And now the Big 12's going to get a spot with Texas and Oklahoma. Yeah. It, it, it's only, it's only, there'll only be one left for the Pac 12. The last year of the Pac 12. I will still worry about Oklahoma a little bit because they do have to make a trip to BYU. They've got to go to Stillwater in the final Bedlam game. There's still some real. Oh, yeah. I'm not just kind of penciling Texas in, but Oklahoma has the tougher next six than Texas does. Agreed. Agreed. Uh, Texas got through their first six, which were tougher with just the one loss, and now they've got to win some road battles. Oklahoma I think West Virginia's got to go to Norman, though, right? That's, they do. That's November 11th. And based on record, that's the toughest one remaining. So, I don't know. I, I think BYU probably, because BYU worries me a little bit about Texas, too, just because the O-line uh strong for BYU. They got good lines of scrimmage, and they're grown men. It's hard to <laughs> – uh, they, they got guys paying mortgages with families. Uh, so BYU worries me a little bit. And K-State, even though they're not playing well – I still get a little anxious thinking about K State in the purple kryptonite. They got it. They, they're the last dual threat quarterback you're gonna face. We just saw what Dylan Gabriel did against Texas. They're gonna they're gonna copy that whole damn blueprint and try to replicate exactly what Oklahoma did. So you'll see quarterback draws. You'll see triple option from the Kansas game too with Will Howard. They and my man Jerry talked about this. They a, they got probably the best interior O line in the Big 12, which matches up against Texas's interior D-line, which is the strength of their defense, and they also run the three-high, three-down defense, which matches up well against Sark's offense. Statistically, uh, the productivity drops uh, for Sark offenses in Big 12 play versus this three-high, three-high defense. So there are just a couple of things that they present that worry me, but Texas should be more than up to the task if they're prepared and ready to play. Agreed. Agreed. All right, so a lot of good football coming. Longhorns are going to take a breath. Rod will get us behind the burnt orange curtain and uh, diagnose some things for Texas here uh, during this bye week as the Longhorns will get off their feet a little bit and we can focus on some bigger games around the country. Excited for that this weekend. Mm -hmm. Uh, Also, the NFL. Uh, It's going to be good. Going to be good. Oh, yeah, well, is it going to be good, the NFL? Only four of the last 36 games have actually had a fourth-quarter lead change in the NFL. Well, and I think, think about that. As we were talking about with coaches on the hot seat earlier, I was thinking <sighs> about uh, the coming months because obviously some teams are separating, right? I mean, that, that Detroit Tampa Bay game this week is big. If Detroit wins that, gets to five and one, and they're kind of up there in that echelon with, you know, Philadelphia and San Francisco in the NFC. Yeah, they, um, yeah. And they're talking about trying, we're talking about making a trade for Max Crosby. I did see where Pro Football Focus has the two highest pressure rates in the league right now, Aiden Hutchinson and Max Crosby. Can you imagine if they added Max Crosby? That would be a game changer. If they do that, then somebody, I might be picking them to make the NFC title game. That's nasty. That's yeah, pretty you, good. Those become the compelling things in the next two and a half, three weeks of who makes a move. I mean, last year was this time was the 49ers making the move for Christian McCaffrey. Honestly, Kansas City needs to make that move. I've been saying it all year. They need a wide receiver, and I'm thinking about who is losing right now in the league and who would give up a wide receiver, but they, they need one bad, man. And okay. I know they like Ross. Was it Justin Ross? Yes. They like him. And they like what? Rasheed Rice? Rasheed Rice will be the guy. Yeah, I like them too, but they're not going to be ready by the end of the season in the playoffs to yeah, I give can't trust you that. quality reps. Exactly. Like I, 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 I like those guys. Though. I think in the future, they're going to build around those young players. You need right now a solution right now for Patrick Mahomes in that offense. I mean, they have to do it. They won a Super Bowl with less weapons last year, I'd argue. Yep, the NFL's different year to year. You're, you, you can make that argument. You can. But I'll say this. 
Kelsey, his numbers are down. Sure. Probably because of the Taylor Swift distractions. <laughs> and he's but, been banged up, right? He has the injury in week one, and he kind of yeah. twisted his ankle last week. And he's going to get an older, older player. Yeah, Father Time is undefeated. Um, and I, I'll say this, that, man, they haven't had uh, any of those receivers really separate consistently. To, so they can say, oh, man, now Rasheed Rice is the guy. We've seen flashes from all those guys, but I don't think we've seen them consistently show that yeah. hey, they can be – I don't know number one wide receiver material, but go to guy material. Yeah, I look at um, you know what 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 the Forty ers did last year to make the splash to get McCaffrey was game changer, right? And that's and what is you there, need to do. And if there is there a player out there, and it really is going to rely on a team that's ready to trade. I mean, I think Denver would trade right now, but oh, that's, that's decent, in your division, and yeah. you got a Jerry Judy type player. It's if Washington anything. continues to lose, Terry McLaurin Ooh, could be available. They're, they got they got Samuel, right? Yeah, uh, Curtis Samuel and Terry really? McLaurin would oh, be yeah. guys. That's um, not bad. That's a name I would watch uh, for for Kansas City, um, because you're right. I mean, they just because remember they traded with the Giants to get Kadarius Tony, and they thought he was going to oh. a former first round pick, maybe could emerge as a guy. Sky out. Moore, they drafted, has not become the guy. So yeah, I think you know watching Cincinnati. What if T Higgins became available if the Bengals continue oh. to lose? Oh, that's interesting. I didn't remember think they, about they, that. They got to think long term. They, they Jamar Chase is there. They've, they've already signed him. And you can't sign both those guys. And T. Higgins has made it clear he wants first receiver money. Yeah, you can't get you can't get two receivers first receiver money. No, that's you just cannot. bad business. And a quarterback that's the highest paid ever. So yeah, that's bad business. Here, here's a stat about Rasheed Rice and Kadarius Tony. Rasheed Rice leads all wide receivers in drop rate right now in the league. Ooh, I didn't know that. Sixteen point seven percent. You know who's second? Kadarius Tony at fifteen point eight percent. It's unsustainable. They got to get help at wide receiver. Patrick Mahomes. He's a football god, but he can't do it all by himself, man. He can't do that. They got to figure out something else. And his favorite target, Travis Kelsey, career low in yards per catch, career low in yards per target, career low in A dot. Already got some injuries. Oh, Father Time is undefeated. I should bite my tongue on. Uh, you need T. some Higgins. weapons. T. Higgins already making twenty two million bucks. They already paid him. That that was the conversation I had in my head. The T Higgins they already, already paid, paid him, him and they now they know him? they have to well he he signed a four year contract. They already oh, paid really? four years ninety. I didn't realize they already paid him actually. And you wonder if Damn, that's how receivers are getting paid that much now where they're getting paid twenty two million, doesn't even come up on my damn Twitter feed. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, he just signed. So you you wonder if they would move him if they, if they keep losing, right? That big win last week where Jamar Chase went off, had 15 catches, and, of course, I was facing him in fantasy football, so he scored like 50-something points, even though he hadn't done anything all year, Jamar Chase. Uh, he has the huge game last week. They win in Arizona. But if the, if the, if the Bengals continue to take losses with Joe Burrow, that would be a, a, a name. Man. But I just don't know that you know the Bengals within the, the conference would trade a player of that caliber to Kansas City. So they're going to have 220 220- Something uh, a year wide receivers, 20-something million a year wide receivers. Yeah, because I mentioned they already paid Jamar Chase. They have not. They, they, they haven't cha- yet. They, they will. Is it, it's inevitable. It is. They I have mean, to. So they're going to be paying both of them 20-something million. And how, how much, just for the, the two receivers and the quarterback, how much are they yes. going to be paying a year? Yeah. Just for those three pieces. If I'm, wow. If I'm the Chiefs, I'm looking at the NFC West and Seattle with DK Metcalf, maybe the Rams with Cooper Cup. See if one of those teams falls off here in the next few weeks. He, I, I maybe get a first round pick and a, and a third for one of those guys. Okay, so Jamar Chase is that? Yeah, because right now Jamar Chase is making about seven million bucks on his rookie contract. He's in the last year, right? And he's in the last year, so oh. they, he, he's valued at about twenty five mil a season at this point. So wow, that is one to watch. But again, I don't I know that, that. Okay, uh, but I, I don't know how they handle that because I'm not a capologist. But that seems that, that seems, seems irresponsible. Like <laughs> that seems irresponsible. But you know what? I get. I want to go look at. The Eagles, because they've 
they're in a similar situation because the A.J. Brown, Devontae Smith hasn't gotten his second contract yet, nope, right? Nope, So that'll happen, and he's going to be in that same range. They just they paid Jalen Hurts. Yeah. So they got probably that decision to make, too, pretty soon. But right. at least they got a Super Bowl appearance out of it. And so I guess so did the Bengals. We'll go behind the burn orange curtain, come up the other side of the NFL in the coming weeks as teams continue to lose. will be the tanking conversation. Because oh. they're going to have a lot of teams that fall out of contention that all of a sudden start thinking – we got to get one of these quarterbacks. We got to get in line and not fall too far down uh, because this is uh, you know one of the best quarterback classes we've seen. Is it is maybe ever, but certainly in recent recent uh, history. We'll come back. Rod behind the BOC off the record for the end of the hour. Glad you're with us on a Wednesday. Aaron Hogan, Rod Peters, hook them up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Before top of the hour, we will get some off-the-record stories, including a, a Hall of Fame legendary broadcaster playing the role of hero. Oh, my gosh. Also, we have an update on the uh, teacher in Missouri who was suspended after her students found her OnlyFans account. Oh, boy. No, oh man, boy. come on. Come it's on, man. Trend she, here. She she, I mean, she can't make some extra bread on the side, a little side hustle? Come on, man. Not in public education, Rod. Can't what? do that, you know. Really? We, we, we don't we don't pay you enough. To... You don't you don't pay teachers anything, and now you don't want to have side hustles either. Well, she's made a decision. We'll tell you about that coming up. And off the record, uh, among good. the stories, breaking news in the NFL as we were just talking some NFL. It's official now. The uh, Indianapolis Colts have put Anthony Richardson, their quarterback, on IR, meaning he will miss the next four games at least with that injured shoulder. Means Gardner Minshew is the quarterback of the Colts moving forward, at least for the uh, much like Justin Jefferson. Mm. There's thoughts that the Dolphins may put Devin uh, HN on uh, on the IR as well. Because remember, IR is kind of like the, the disabled get, list in baseball or yeah. injured list. You got to be on it for four games minimum. Yeah, and it's to be able to clear up a roster spot to bring in somebody else while they're down, and it just mm. guarantees they can't come back for four weeks. So that's the story on Anthony Richardson. Somebody texted us and said, hey guys, uh, what about Juju Smith-Schuster to the Chiefs? That's pretty good because the Patriots are pretty much done and he played from last year. Knows the system. That's a great idea, Texter. That's money. Actually, that's probably the best idea. Is he going to move the needle, though? Well, uh, No. But you know what? But... To, to the stats Rod said, Patrick Mahomes trusts him. Yes. He doesn't trust these guys he's throwing to right now. No. That's the problem. He doesn't trust they're going to catch the ball if he throws it to him. And it makes it easier to defend Kelsey because you don't worry about those guys on the outside because he doesn't trust them. That that would be the so most affordable get, I think. Yes, the other ones you gotta you gotta re you gotta kind of re over you gotta recalibrate the salary cap if you make a bigger move than that. Well, and in the, with the parity in the league, you may not because the trade deadline's at the end of this month, and there may be not enough teams. Like Cincinnati may not be far enough out of it yet, right? To mm-hmm. to to kind of trade a player of the caliber of Higgins, but you know, keep the name T Higgins in your under your hat because they're going to have to move him at some people point. People were saying that about the Bucks. They, they could be Mike Evans or something, but the Bucks are winning now. Right? Oh, that's right. They're so like you said, they're not they're not out of it. So yeah, you got to find a team that's out of it who's got some good resources at wide receiver. There are enough of them if you do the, do the research. I'm sure. Yeah. Uh, all right. This also says why didn't Texas put a spy on Dylan Gabriel? We'll talk about that more. But we talked about mm-hmm. that on Monday. That yeah, you know, Dylan Gabriel hadn't run all year. He, it was a tendency breaker. Yeah, they 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 sprung that on Texas. Yep. Uh, now had, during the game, you could argue adjustment wise. Yes. That should have been made one of the major adjustments, and it wasn't. And I'll say why, why because they ran a quarterback draw a lot. Yeah, so they the design quarterback run game. They had not done that this year. Yeah, they hadn't all. done that a lot. So I I will say that PK just wasn't ready for it. And if you start spying. Um, him without him being a true running threat because they weren't running like triple option. And his design runs were quarterback draws, so they were deceptive running game. He only had four scrambles. Now, they were big plays, but he only had four of them. 
Um, and he had five, had five quarterback draws and four scrambles. That's it. So I understand what people are saying about put a spy on him, but you had to make sure you know when to put that spy on him or you're going to waste that man, and your secondary probably needed that extra man in coverage considering the way they were covering and the way they were tackling. Texas wasn't tackling very well either. No, they were That's another, They, they actually poorly. had chances to – Jalen Ford, on the biggest run for Dylan Gabriel, Jalen Ford's right there. Your best defensive player meets him – in the hole, right there in the hole. I mean, it's like a it's like a, a practice drill that was set up it, with the cones right beside him. He's got about five, a five yard, uh, you know, kind of five yard radius there. All right, to to juke and to figure out how he's going to get around Jalen Ford, and he leaves him flat footed. Yeah, in 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 within that five That's yards, right. and finds a way to make an explosive play. So it, yeah, you could have put a spy on him, but if you did put a spy on him, you still got to tackle him. And Jalen Ford had a chance to tackle him and didn't. Well said. With that in mind, that's a good way to launch into some other Texas football talk with the uh, Behind the Burn Orange Curtain. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right. We um, well, gave some props earlier to Jonathan Brooks, and we'll do that again, too, because I want to make sure that people understand like how special the season that Jonathan Brooks is having because it is easily the most unexpected surprise and pleasant surprise of the year for Texas. There's no doubt about that. Uh, but I want to get to this the red zone issues for Texas, uh, which uh, have been – honestly, they, they've been something that has been an issue for Texas all season long. Uh, Texas was 108th going into – the Texas OU game in touchdown percentage in the red zone. And I just it just wasn't a big concern for Longhorn fans because Texas was so explosive. They were scoring a lot of touchdowns from outside the red zone. So it wasn't like it was losing Texas games. Well, what did I say last week before the Oklahoma game? I said, well, everything's amplified, magnified in the Texas OU game. So your faults and your weaknesses, the liabilities within your your roster they seem they tend to show themselves and they tend to be exacerbated in this Texas OU matchup. It's exactly what happened. It's essentially Sark admitted last uh, at least the last media availability yesterday that or not yesterday but on Monday that he thought the biggest issue, biggest factor in Texas losing the game was their red zone offense or lack thereof in uh, being one of three in the red zone. And here's this little stat. Shout out to my man Bobby Burton, who shared it with me of Owen Texas football. Texas scored more touchdowns from outside the red zone this year than from inside the red zone. Oh, that is, and it is one of the more perplexing issues with Texas because they have so many weapons. They have JT Sanders. They have X Men. AD Mitchell. These are guys going to be drafted in the first three rounds of the NFL draft. I mean, Texas hadn't had an, an, an offensive draft that's going to be this good on the offensive side of the ball in when? Just the, in like, what, 15, 16, 17 years or something like that? You got to go back to, like, the mid-2000s since Texas would have had this many good players drafted offensively on the offensive side of the ball, skill position-wise, and yet they can't score. We just talked about Jonathan Brooks, which we'll talk about again later on in the show. May do it for Rod's round of the day. But he is 
right now one of the top five, top three actually, most productive running backs in the country. So your running game is also finding its form. Last three weeks, you could argue he has been the most productive and the best running back in the country. And your offensive line is a mammoth one. Big humans, right? Shout out to the BMDs and the Pancake Factory. You got the biggest old line in the Big 12. One of the biggest in the country, averaging 325 pounds across the board. And you went in with Jumbo Package, added another offensive lineman to that, um, added two defensive linemen to that. You talk about 2,500 pounds of mass of, of human, uh, big humans that Texas still couldn't get one yard uh, in three tries. Um, well, four tries, really, but they passed it on the other one. They tried to run it on those first three. So if you are, Sark, your number one priority, and he even admitted this, is going to be red zone offense in the bye week, try to fix it. They're 122nd right now in touchdown percentage in the red zone. They're tre- so they're getting worse and trending toward being one of the worst red zone teams in the country. So I think for Sark, he, he admitted this, and I like the way he went at it. He said and they're going to look at it analytically. He didn't use that term, but that's the way he broke it down. They're going to look at every red zone possession, every red zone play, and break it down by formation, personnel grouping, situation, uh, play call, uh, play uh, the different play distribution from different players. He's going to break it down in every different way. Essentially, they're going to isolate the the successful plays, the success rates of every play, and which ones have been most effective. And they're probably going to try to use those plays uh, more, or at least try to extract those plays and make sure that that they focus and prioritize getting better at what they're already good at in the red zone. And anything that hasn't worked that has a really really low success rate and has been highly ineffective, they'll just probably cut it. Period. And then on top of the ones that are already successful, they're going to add new ideas and innovations. And I and Sark, we talked about how coaches steal plays. Shano is famous for it, even admits that he steals plays from other coaches. And Sean Payton is famous for admitting he steals plays. Sark probably needs to go deep diving, rabbit holing, NFL and college level, looking at the best offenses and the best red zone offenses and just go start stealing plays. Just go start taking place, taking concepts, and still. I'm sure he's already doing that. He's probably already got a book full of them. But that needs to be the approach as well as the analytical approach they're taking. In addition to that, I would advise Sark to go back further. I said this yesterday. Go back further than just the games this season, because I think your red zone issues could be from remnants of your play calling philosophy when you had when you were in the Bijan and Rojo era. Because this red zone issue has now become a much more uh, it, it, it's urgent issue now this season post Bijan and Rojo. It wasn't an issue and it wasn't something that I considered or anybody considered to be a liability for this offense when you had Bijan and Rojo. So I think maybe Sark is possible, just a theory, that he's calling plays similar to the, the way he called them during the Bijan and Rojo era in the red zone when you don't have that personnel and maybe now the mentality and the philosophy needs to shift for Sark. So I would encourage him to go study those places, analytically break those down too, and find out if those concepts in 21 and 22 also similarly are uh, effective or ineffective in 2023 and then see if there is some way that now you can, there are remnants of your play-calling mentality that you kept when you had Bijan and Rojo that are now maybe affecting your play-calling in the red zone in 2023 without those very crucial pieces. It's well said and broke down as usual, and obviously the uh, the outcome of not getting it fixed, will, you know, we've seen it throughout the year, it allows teams to hang around. It allows teams that you're better than to, 
force some field goals, then maybe you miss a field goal, and all of a sudden they can you know, stay in a game. We saw yep. Wyoming do it. We saw Rice Kansas do it for a little bit. It. Kansas did it into the third quarter, and that's where Sark said on Monday clearly, you know, we're, we moved the ball too well with our run game, our pass game, our quarterback to not have more points on the board. And you know, not getting points allows teams to hang, and especially with these shorter games, and that's how you get yourself beat again mm-hmm. you know, because you have an off night and all of a sudden – you're not executing. You need those seven points for sure. And as Sark said on Monday, and we all saw, uh, Oklahoma made six trips in the red zone, scored 34 points. Texas points. made their trips in the red zone, got three. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's going to get you beat again. And this was a game that you were leading with 12 seconds to go. Exactly. Despite that, and that's how you'll get beat again. If you handle and fix that and work on your tackling, the things that were exposed on Saturday, then you know this team can get better and handle their business the rest of the way and get themselves back to Arlington. All right, we will come back when we do. It'll be off the record, including, yeah, the uh, Hall of Fame sportscaster who became hero and this teacher in Missouri. Rod will have some great off-the-record stories as well. It's coming back, stories you maybe haven't heard but need to know, coming next. D.D. Megadoodoo, I'm sorry, Mangudu. Once it's turned on, the sign will spell out Delhi Cat Essen. Well, well, I don't get a break my head comb. Well, congratulations. Continue good sex in, the, good sex in the Big East. Thank you, Jimmy. And boom goes the dynamite. It's time for another edition of Off the Record. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. All right, off the record time. Coming up next hour, Rod will have his uh, second rant of the day. We'll also uh, give you the team in the NFL that maybe, if they get their act together, could join the elite teams of pro football based on their early performance. There's one team I think that is have a very high ceiling we're not talking about, Rod. We know the Niners, the Dolphins, Eagles, all really good. I got a team for you, the Chiefs. But uh, there's one I got to point out. We'll also get uh, some other... Uh, conversations going, but off the record time, Rod, how about the uh, Hall of Fame broadcaster, Bob Costas? Bob Costas was at a restaurant eating with his friend, and a friend started to choke on his food, Mm. and it was Bob Costas, little old Bob Costas, who jumped up and gave his buddy the Heimlich Maneuver and saved his life. Ah, there you go, Bob. There you go. Good for you. Costas said, I don't know if I saved his life, but saved him considerable discomfort, that's for sure. That's awesome, man. Good for him. That's uh, something that, you know, everybody should be knowledgeable of is how to perform the Heimlich Maneuver, how to give CPR. I think the last class I took on stuff like that was, like, two, three years ago, but I need to take it. Everybody should take that class every five years CPR and Heimlich. And Heimlich is, is pretty... Pretty easy to learn. It's really uh, easy. All that stuff's pretty easy to, to learn. But I, I had to execute it on my oldest oldest child. One there time. you go. Yeah, that's why you need to learn. Just like, especially for me, yeah, like we for were, a kid, because I hear kids choke all the time. You know, they random do. stuff. Yeah, he saw it. We were having steak. Exactly. Yeah, we'd buy <laughs> cooked steaks, and he he started to choke, and boom. I, I looked at him. My wife looked at me, and I was like, She's they like, all go started to freaking go, out. Go. Did you get behind him? And just, <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. And just fly out. Well, I mean, I think the key, and he, you know, he's he was real skinny, and so I didn't want to hurt him because. You know, oh yeah, sometimes you break ribs and stuff. Yeah, so I, like, I, yeah, I just, yeah. and you know, the key for me, and, and I think for anyway, just calm everything down. It's got plenty of time. You just, 
and just because everybody starts frat, you freaking out. Time. Oh, it's like a two-minute drill. You got plenty of time. Yeah, you, you, got, got, time. you got time. But <laughs> you got so time. I just wanted to make sure I get it in the right place and make sure I get a good grip and you know pop. Yeah, it popped clutch, right up. Clutch, baby. Popped right out. That's the clutch gene right there. He got the clutch gene, baby. So I can yeah. see standing up slow. He's like, I got this, baby. I got this. No freaking out. Don't relax. I was a lifeguard rod. Oh, that's right. Unfortunately, my life been in a couple of life-saving situations. That's good though. That's good that you don't panic though. Some people freak out in a situation. Not everybody. Not everybody has that clutch gene. Haven't they changed the like CPR, like where you're not supposed to do mouth to mouth? Um, it's all about chest compressions. Yes, but I think more this chest compressions is what I learned too about how to do chest. But I need to. I need to take a refresher course. Everybody should. Oh, speaking of, when we, me and my man Mike Harge, we were doing uh, Ball Don't Lie. We did a remote at a Pluckers. Oh, I remember hearing that on the radio. And while we were doing the show. One of our fans who was there just listening started choking on like one of the boneless wings. There? He just started choking, and we were observing it and doing almost did, basically did play by play. We got to find that one. And then the it. dude right next to him who did not know him, just another listener of the show, just came out to hang out. He he basically performed the Heimlich and saved this dude's life right there in front of us. Dude was choking. Everybody yeah. started freaking out. He just he had just. Just like E E. No, he was calm, ice water in his veins, stood up. He just he he just directed the guy to turn around and he got behind him, Heimlich, boom, got it out. Yeah, that's saved the his key. Life. You gotta calm the person down. Yeah, he did. He he, he, he like soothed them, like rubbed his back a little bit. He's like, You're good, man, you're good. Calm down. And then he just and it was it was amazing to watch. It really I was like, man, that restored my faith in humanity. It was just a stranger. Just a stranger helping a stranger. Well, one time I was Beautiful. alone by myself. Alone by myself. I was alone. And a piece of ice got lodged in my throat. Oh. And I just had to sit there and wait. To melt and let it? it melt. Yeah. I just tried to, oh, I was like doing like. <laughs> dude, what? Yeah. Hold up. How long did this take to melt? Uh, probably 30 seconds. Why? That's still, that's the 30 seconds I would be freaking out. When I was, I was just trying to, okay, okay, it's fine. This is going to melt. I don't have to freak <laughs> out. Give me a second. And uh, then it went right down. That's, yeah, that's scary, man. That, you, right. got, you got that gene, brother. You got that gene. Stay calm. Um, okay, can I give you this yes. off the record? Yes. Okay, so reportedly Jada Pinkett Smith and Will Smith have been separated for seven years. That's been reported Keep by TMZ. Keep my wife out your mouth. And it's like, oh, dude, why'd you go up there and slap Chris Rock then? Now Chris Rock gets a free shot at Will Smith. <laughs> uh, it said uh, Will Smith and Jada, Jada Pinkett Smith have been separated for the past seven years, something the missus is now revealing in her new memoir. Jada made the uh, revelation Wednesday in a, couple different, in, in a couple of different interviews, one with People Magazine and another with Today. In both, she admits that she and Will have been leading separate lives since 2016 and that even today they continue to live separately. She's been gaslighting Will Smith for like, their entire relationship and she continues to do it again. This woman is toxic. Why is she relevant? She used to be an actor because, because of so, this. This is why she's relevant now because she dogs and gaslights her man whenever she gets a chance. And Will Smith's a big star or was a big star. He's still an A-lister, but yeah, he's still a I mean, he just won the Oscar. The year he slapped Chris Rock, don't forget he won the Oscar. I know he did. Best best actor. <laughs> he was best actor of the year. You got to really good be good. Oh, man. He's soft. Yeah, he is soft, but still, she is di- she's diabolical, Smith. though. She is he's the Fresh Prince, man. She's I, I, playing with his mind, That dude. was the show of my childhood. Like, I, I've yeah, watched I every Fresh Prince. I, I do. I feel bad for that you guy. You feel yeah. I do. Dude, I do. she's been telling. She you told can't her- sit around and, and endure that for however long it's been since the he's 90s. Lady. Yeah, he just loves her, dude. He really does. He's been a cuckold. Like, he's, she has basically openly admitted that he's a cuckold and accepts her being, you know, in intimate relationships with other men. That kind of, like, humiliates this like, man watch, publicly. watch, no, I don't think they watch. <laughs> I think just knowing of it, though, kind of still makes you a cuckold. That's just Casper oh, Coy. 
That, oh, stop, stop. <laughs> oh, no. That's, that's a legend. No! That didn't happen. Uh, all right, no. real quick. Um, if you're not familiar with the matter of a Missouri teacher known to her students as Brianna Coppage, she's an English teacher in Missouri. Uh, her OnlyFans subscriber know her as Brooklyn Love XXX. A triple X. And uh, nice. she was suspended because her students found her OnlyFans site. And Mrs. Coppage has now said she is... She's not going to fight for her job. She's leaving to go full-time OnlyFans because she has an overwhelming amount of student debt yeah. to pay off. And she's making a lot more money doing X-rated things on OnlyFans than she is teaching our kids English. See? Come on, man. St. Clair, Missouri. To pay the teachers. This is what, happen- this is what happens. You pay the teachers, they wouldn't have to resort to this. And by the way, my theory still continues. Teachers are way hotter today than they used to be. Teachers, when I was going to school, were not this hot. They're getting hotter every day. And teachers are banging kids, too. Ty had that at Westlake. Oh it's Miss Brittany and Miss Kelly. It used to be like Miss Houston and Miss Cooper. Ty actually <laughs> knows one of his good buddies who was in a relationship with one of the teachers who got in big trouble, right? Two of them. Two guys. Two of your buddies? Mm-hmm. Yes. That's why it's the best Eskimo lake. brothers. That's sh- why it's the best lake. It's seriously, I, I should have went to tutoring and math more often. I'm sure those kids were traumatized. Should have eaten your eggs. No. You could have gone to ACL Fest that one time. <laughs> we're learning a lot about Ty. Yeah, bring out a coppage. You can find her if you are an OnlyFans person. She's making way more money on OnlyFans 10, than she's a teacher. Ten thousand a month. Exactly. Good for her. Brook, Brooklyn Love XXX. I've also still not be upset. And she's gonna be making like, a lot more now. Free free promotion. You're right, because now she's got the dirty teacher thing going. Naughty teacher. Hey. Yeah. Hey, uh, do English lessons. Yeah. English yeah. lessons. Yeah. After Brittany. school tutoring. We'll be back. Hook them up. <laughs>